Welcome everyone to FF Plus, your outlet for weekly reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler free. I'm your host, Aaron White, and I have two new films to share with you today. If you're enjoying the show, as always, we'd love for you to leave us your positive thoughts and a five-star review on whatever app you listen to the podcast on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it may be, we could use you sharing your love and your enjoyment of the show. It helps bring other people in and make them willing to take a chance and give us a listen. With that said, it's time to get into this. The first film on the list is Tar from Focus Features. It stars Kate Blanchett, Nomi Merlant, Nina Haas, Sophie Cower, Julianne Glover, Alan Corduner, and Mark Strong. It is directed and written by Todd Field. What's it about? The film, set in the international world of classical music, centers on Lydia Tarr, widely considered one of the greatest living composers or conductors and first-ever female chief conductor of a major German orchestra. Now, if that sounds like a very dry setup for a movie, you'd be on the right track for what to expect. This is labeled some places as a psychological drama, and I think that describes it pretty well, honestly. It is very much a drama, a straight drama. There is not a thrilling bone in this movie's body, and the only time the energy kind of gets up at all are in just a couple of scenes when the orchestra is in full swing, music is being played, it's kind of aggressive and practice is happening. Those moments, the general tone kind of livens up, but for the most part, this is a prestige picture. It is what some might call Oscar bait. It's got that vibe to it, and so you should just kind of be prepared for a little over two and a half hours of a lot of talking and drama. It's a character study, and it does have some psychological elements to it, but we'll discuss here in a second how I felt about that. The main draw here is Kate Blanchett. Her performance is incredible. You will be hearing a lot about her being a frontrunner for next year's Academy Award, she will probably be winning and taking home quite a few trophies from regional critic groups as well this year. It's just mind-blowing. Kate Blanchett is well-known already for being one of our best, just most talented actresses in the business, and she continues to astonish at every turn. It's almost unfathomable how good she is in this role, honestly. Uh, it just feels like nothing... I've quite seen from her before the ability she has to change her character's mood and just act with nuance is really, really special. And it's mesmerizing to watch. So even when the plot of this movie didn't have my attention that much, when there's not much else going on, she's on screen darn near all of the movie. and she's completely watchable. Like she's captivating for you as an audience member. And so I cannot recommend enough just going solely to see this and appreciate her greatness. Honestly, 
Now, that being said, the movie does suffer from a lack of memorable standout supporting characters. <laughs> I didn't really care much about many of them. They are there, obviously. They have various roles within Lydia's life. They come and go at times, but no one really stuck out as being given enough meat to overshadow Lydia. And that, that's partially the plot. Plot, I mean, revolves around a person who is a narcissist. She is controlling. She is center stage everywhere she goes, even in her own life outside of being a conductor. And that's part of the story. But it's not as compelling a watch when you're trying to get into any of the supporting characters, in my opinion. So it's just a little bit lacking there. Like I said, this is the character study of a narcissist who is manipulative, who is kind of a groomer in some ways, and very controlling of others. This is another story about a morally corrupt genius artist, and we've seen those before. I do think this separates itself and is told in a way that is different, mainly because most of those others are fairly thrilling. Uh, in some way, there's an energy to those that just isn't here. The big plot of this movie is that there are some dramatic accusations that end up being made against Lydia Tarr. And she has to deal with the ramifications of those and how they affect this upcoming major event that she is about to conduct, how they affect her career. And how people look at her, how they affect her work relationships, how they affect her personal life. The problem I have with the film, the biggest problem, is that these are pretty big accusations and issues that are addressed. And there's never really any conclusion to them. We don't know for sure what she has or hasn't done. It's kind of left ambiguous for us to wonder at times is she or isn't she guilty of some of the things she's been accused of there's a me too element here and i just it didn't quite sit well with me that there wasn't a strong resolution of some kind or even a even a weak resolution and especially there was no resolution to the relationship conflicts that these issues caused in her career and life people kind of just disappear and there's no explanation or scenes to kind of flesh out why that occurred the movie ends on a pretty strong note that lets us see the ultimate result of what this has done to Lydia where it has sort of had her end up in a very literal way end up in physical location but also end up psychologically but it doesn't show us the in-between of the cost uh, on other people and what that was like and I just I wanted more of that. The film dives very deep into the world of classical music orchestras. <laughs> so it spends a lot of time on details and dialogue, especially in the movie's first hour. And it makes sure that we understand the filmmakers did their homework. Now, that's both a positive thing, because if you have no clue what you're watching, like me, then it helps to at least thoroughly set the stage on what the life of a conductor might be like it also overstays its welcome big time and there becomes a point where 
if you're unfamiliar with this world or uninterested in this world, you just are like hearing nothing but elite composers, symphonies, and pieces of music being dropped on you at every turn. And you can sit and listen to an entire conversation and have no real idea what the characters actually are talking about (laughs) in detail. You can gather, because it's really good filmmaking from Todd Field, the gist of what is going on, but you you may not follow very closely everything. You just kind of have to accept that you're living in a world that you're observing and not a part of. And it's okay if you are able to do that. I was mostly able to do that, and so I enjoyed it. But I could see where that would be a big deterrent for a lot of filmgoers. As I was saying, it is exceptionally well-made from a technical perspective. I think it will be nominated for a ton of awards, and it is deserving of all of them. The cinematography looks great. The score is beautiful. Uh, Great use of sound design in this. And of course, the central performance is just mind-blowing. But, and it's a big but, I cannot see general audiences gravitating towards this movie. It is not a film that outside of people who I know want to watch every Oscar movie just because it's an Oscar movie, I could recommend to many friends and or family members because I think most general audience members and and kind of casual movie fans are just going to check out of this. It's just slow and so highbrow in the type of job that is being displayed in that world that no one really can relate to. And if they do get through it, I think they're going to end up being mostly disappointed like I am in a lot of ways at how the plot doesn't really kind of come to the conclusion or a full conclusion that we might be looking for. There's also a really cool thing of note in that the film opens with its credits, super unique. And it shows the many behind-the-scenes workers that make movies possible. I think this is probably very intentionally related to the plot and not just a stylistic flourish because this is a picture that is focusing on a person who is in the spotlight with all of the name power but is also someone who could not exist without the specific detail work of the many people that make the engine go. So. You know, kind of comparing all of the people that it takes to make a movie to the orchestra members themselves. A conductor is nothing without an orchestra. They can conduct air and no music will be made. They have to have people that are incredible at what they do. Their job is simply to get them all on the same page and make the end product be the best that it can be by placing all of the pieces into this perfect whole. And Typically, our movies start by showing us those people and not the individuals, and this movie flips that on its head, and I think it's really cool. Tar will be available in theaters to watch on October the 21st. Am I feeling it? This is a reluctant yes. Go see it in the theater if you're the kind of person who enjoys a slow psychological drama. I hate saying psychological. There's a psychological element because of Lydia Tar's personality and how how it kind of is affecting her there are some brief moments of like surrealism like really brief nothing heavy that pretty much really didn't need to be in the movie honestly but it's not like psychological 
thriller. So when I say that, I just don't want people to hear me and think, oh, it's going to be twisty and it's going to make me like think a lot. No, it's not. It's a drama. (laughs) So if you want to sit for two and a half hours and watch a person and see their life kind of slowly unravel and fall apart and done so through one of the best performances that you will absolutely see all year, this is the movie for you. It is so well made that I have to give it a high recommendation. But if you're the person that is picky and choosy with what you watch and you just want to watch movies to sit back and enjoy a story and be entertained and kind of transported to a new world and have kind of happy feelings while you're doing so, this is not for you and you should completely skip it. Next up, I have Black Adam from Warner Brothers Picture to discuss. This stars Dwayne Johnson. Aldous Hodge, Noah Centineo, Sarah Shahi, Marwin Kinzari, Quintessa Swindell, Bodhi Sabanguay, and Pierce Brosnan. It is directed by Wame Colette Sarah and is written by Adam Siskiel, Rory Haynes, and Sorab Nashirvani. What's it about? After nearly 5,000 years of imprisonment, Black Adam, an anti-hero from the ancient city of Kondok, is unleashed into modern times. His brute tactics and way of justice attract the attention of the Justice Society of America, who tries to stop his rampage, teach him how to be a hero more than a villain, and must team up to stop a force more powerful than Adam himself. If you've lived under a rock, maybe you haven't seen any marketing for this film. My goodness, I haven't seen a film marketed as strongly as Black Adam in a long time. Trailers are everywhere. That makes sense. The Rock is one of a handful of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Him as Black Adam is hit and miss. This is a known passion project for Dwayne Johnson, something that I believe he has said goes back 15 years as far as like him wanting to play this character. He says that he's turned down opportunities to be other superheroes in other movies and other universes comic book wise, because he was so dead set on this being the one he wants to bring to life. It's very important to him, this story and this character. I think some of that shows and that's a good thing. However, it is a very stiff character. It is a very uncharismatic character. I don't know the character myself. I have no history whatsoever with the character. So I actually went into this extremely blind and with no expectations, which also I think contributed to allowing me to come out of it with fairly enjoyable experience. But he doesn't play this character with a lot of personality. It kind of makes sense. You know, he's woken up after 5,000 years. He's hellbent on revenge and he's a killer. That's he just deals with things in a one very specific, direct way. And the Justice Society of America brings a fight to him and it's just, okay, it's on. Let's fight. There's not a lot of depth here to his character it does at the beginning at least it does sort of evolve some but his performance definitely does not evolve like he's fun he can be fun and there is some witty bantering dialogue especially between him and Aldous Hodge I enjoyed that a little bit and there's some good sarcasm from him at times that got some chuckles from the audience myself included I don't dislike him as the character. I think him as the character in an ensemble movie that is not focused on him as the lead 
would work much better than this solo movie. So I'm kind of glad to get this origin story out of the way. And I, I would I would like to see him as the character more, I will say. I did enjoy watching him because when he's doing Black Adam stuff and just exhibiting his incredible amount of power and doing it as an anti-hero with no regard for human life, it's fun. It is really cool to watch. And it just because it's the rock. I mean, frankly, that adds a lot to it. It just works. The Justice Society of America. This consists of four characters in this film. Hawkman, Adam Smasher, Cyclone, and Dr. Fate. I was familiar with a few of these. Never had heard of Cyclone before. Really enjoyed that character. And the way she is depicted visually, especially with her powers, is just really cool because she spins around and there's just like green and purple colors and ribbons of smokiness that are around her, this wind. I just really liked it a lot. Hawkman, played by Aldous Hodge, is kind of the leader of the group. Really good. Liked him a lot in this role. Kind of liked the struggle that he was going through, trying to push Black Adam into doing things the hero way and being very unmoving in his stance as to how someone should deal with a threat. This also resulted in a great bit of dialogue that I enjoyed, like I mentioned earlier, uh, between Aldous Hodge and, and a numerous characters. Um, he has a pretty kind of almost like a fatherly mentory type relationship with Dr. Fate uh, by Pierce Brosnan. He's a lot of fun. Dr. Fate is a super cool character. The powers that he has are just awesome to look at visually because he manipulates time and space and all kinds of stuff with his magic and it's just kind of like refraction looking mirrors on the screen and doing weird things that are just really spectacular to see so i thought that was cool and adam smasher noah centenino he's he's just fun like he's goofy he's your typical like spider-man s kind of kid character who has never done the hero thing before and is first time on the job and just wants to impress and kind of maybe has a crush on the girl and like is, you know, attempting to be a hero genuinely wants to do well, but maybe doesn't fully even understand how best to use his powers in these situations. He's fine. Uh, he's definitely not anything special, but he didn't feel like a weak link to me either. I thought the group worked really well together. Honestly, the problem is that, they just show up and they're the Justice Society and you pretty much just understand this is who they are. They're this organization. They they say these things, right? That's the problem is there's a lot of just quick data dump to get you up to speed and then we move on. Obviously, this movie would have been a lot more effective had we known these characters before they came into this situation and we weren't being introduced to them in this big group effort. However. I think it was handled okay, and I would like to see more of them later. None of them have the type of charisma that I think would be leading actor for a movie as a superhero, so that's part of why I think they worked so good as a group. And you have this group that's just a notch below, power-wise especially, and I think that that shows, and it works for 
the story that we're getting here, although it gets to a point in it when you definitely are wondering to yourself, okay, the threat has gotten pretty big and broad now, and some things have happened that maybe this isn't very realistic that no one bigger and badder has shown up to help contain the issues that they are facing. So the plot overall, pretty meh. I like the backstory for Kandak. It's this very Middle Eastern city, and I didn't know anything about this. It kind of gives us a story about how the character Black Adam came to be and the villain and what that person was as well, which ultimately is like super forgettable. One of the movie's worst aspects is that it has that problem, a villain that just no one will remember who the villain was. Honestly, because Black Adam serves as the quotes villain for a long time throughout the movie. It, it feels that way, or it's, or I guess a stand in for a villain, I should say, since it's hero versus anti hero. But I liked the setting. I liked the backstory. I liked how much Middle Eastern kind of culture um, was in this, as far as they were at least attempting to cast it accurately outside of Black Adam. And I think the idea of this unique place that has a special type of gemstone, this Eternium, which has been mined there and is being exploited and they are being oppressed so that people can come in, control them and take that for themselves for reasons of having power is a very familiar story, but it's one that works. So I like that. But despite the movie having some emotional setup to it, it never slows down enough to get its hooks inside you and really make you feel. I like I did not come close to crying. I did not come close to getting that emotionally attached to any of the characters. And that was kind of a bummer because I, I would have liked a little bit of that. This is largely because the film goes 90 miles an hour. It never stops. S seriously, from minute one all the way till the credits, it is extremely in line with the previous Zack Snyder DCEU films. High energy, rock concert type of feel to it, loud, big action, tons of slow motion. I liked quite a bit of that. I'm not one of the haters of it. I think a lot of it looked pretty cool in here, especially Cyclone. And that's the kind of movie we're getting. The action is awesome when Black Adam's throwing people around and catching rockets and just doing all kinds of like really super powered type stuff. And when all of the powers are on screen, it's really at its best in my power, my power, in my opinion. When you're seeing Dr. Fates, you're seeing Hawkman, you're seeing Cyclone, you're seeing Adam Smasher, you're seeing Black Adam, and all of their different stuff is converging at one time, trying to work together, trying to fight off what he can do and trying to understand what he can do. All of those things, the screen looks cool to me because there's just so much going on. It's colorful, it's bright, it's explosions. I liked that, and I made me wish we'd gotten the R-rated cut, honestly, that The Rock has been talking about for this last press tour bit. He mentioned that I believe there was, I don't know, like eight or ten times they had to go back and cut st stuff out in order to get this down to PG-13. I think that feels pretty obvious, and there were quite a few moments when I was like, man, I would have loved to see what really happened there if they hadn't had to cut it. Because it felt 
like it was it had the tone of a movie that wanted to be R and got cut down to a PG-13. And that's not always what you want. Right. But it works. And now it's accessible for more people. And that's fine as well. One of the other strongest aspects of the movie is definitely its mid credit scene. And it will have people extremely talkative. That's what I'll say. I think you should definitely stay. It comes after just quite a, just a, just a bit of the main credits. You don't have to stay all the way till the end for it. So make sure you do that if you do go check this out. All in all, I had a good time. My son really enjoyed the heck out of it. Our theater was cackling, was cheering, and generally pretty rambunctious for this movie. It is absolutely nothing that you're going to remember after the next couple days, character-wise. It's going to go in, it's going to go out, but it does go down easy while you're watching it. It's very watchable, very enjoyable, and I think we are in an age where disposable superhero movies are the norm. I, I know that some people are against that, and that's a whole other conversation, but if you are the kind of person that doesn't mind just going to the theater to have a good time and you don't need it to stay with you and be a movie that you're going to rush out to buy and watch 15 times and get really deeply connected to the characters, this is a movie for you. And I don't know what to tell you. I had a good time, and I personally wouldn't mind seeing these characters back in action again after the fact. Would I have loved it to be way more than it was? and deeper and like more intense with the way it was exploring this anti-hero versus hero dynamic. Absolutely. I mean, I want everything to be like five star, completely immersive kind of uh, storytelling, but sometimes just watching a popcorn movie is okay too. And that's what this one is. So it's available in theaters on October 21st. And I would highly recommend it for most people. I mean, I think it's, a movie that you can generally just have a good time with. And it looks good on a big screen with a big, large sound system. These are the kind of blockbusters that most people go to the theater for. And I couldn't dissuade you from that with a good conscience. Well, that's it for this week on FF plus. Hopefully as always, I provided you with some information that will aid in your decision-making. If you do see one of the films that I've discussed, let me know. I love to chat. You can find me all over social media using the handle at Aaron L. White, A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you look. There's links to all of my social media and all of the show's social media as well in the show notes to every episode. So like, follow, share, and subscribe. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling filmed.